Welcome for Outlander Season 1, Episode 11, The Devil's Mark. I'm Don Ditters. And I'm Nick Stone. And this is Gaelic Guys, an Outlander podcast where we watch Outlander, drink scotch, and let you know our terribly uninformed opinions about both. This week we're joined by our good friend and mutual Outlander aficionado, Jordan Gasner. Oh, hey guys. <laughs> Thank hey. you for being here. Thank you for having me. Previously on Outlander, Claire had been accused of witchcraft along with Galus, and we opened this episode with them being thrown into the thieves' hole. Looked more like a sewer to me, which kind of gave me it flashbacks. Oh, and totally. I know uh, you were saying, what was it about uh, witches throwing them in the lakes? Oh, yeah, like you you know, throw a accused witch in the lake, and if she floats, she's clearly a witch, and if she sinks and drowns, then she was innocent, but... Now she's dead. I was seriously thinking about that as we were watching them getting thrown in. And I was like, that's actually kind of smart. Because if you go back to it, like, we all float down here. I know. That's true. Also, I was wondering about that. Like, was there already, like, an oddly convenient cave, cave hole? <laughs> yeah. Like, or did they cut a perfectly circular yeah. gate into the cave? Or, or, like... or did someone have to be like, all right, burrow me a cave. No, no, don't make it that nice. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of unclear exactly what happened, you know, because... Down beneath, obviously, it can't be, like, a real cave where they could, like, maybe, you know, escape into the cave. But then at the top, it's like a perfect circle where they have a gate on top of it, so. I think they did that because, you know, you have to have a per- perfect, like, circle in order for it to be witch-proof. Oh. You know? Is that, that an actual sense. thing? Or? I think it might be an actual oh. thing. I mean, they believe some crazy shit back That's in the true. day. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely buy it, whether or not that was a thing. If yeah. you said to me, you need a perfect circle to keep a witch out, I'd be like, yep, got it. So uh, one thing that we did discover really quickly is that, to no one's surprise, when Claire confronts Galus, that uh, Galus did poison her husband, which, when she was talking about it, I misheard it as, like, she had, like, been giving him light amounts of arsenic, or, like, mm. light ar- arsenic, and which just made me feel like it's, like, arsenic, but, like, half the calories. Right, yeah. It's not cleared up because I think I heard white arsenic, but I don't know what, is that? what that means. Yeah. If it was so. light arsenic, I mean, it's kind of weird because it's like, okay, you're poisoning your husband, but maybe you're concerned about his health because you want him to kind of stay fit at the same time. <laughs> well, he was clearly flatulent AF. Yeah. So. Right. so like kind of looking out for him, but also totally not because you're killing him. Right. By the way, we did describe his character as like the town fartsman. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's That's a, very apropos. It's a job as well as a title, the fartsman. But I know from watching uh, the new detectives in the 1990s that I think arsenic builds up in your system. So that is like a pretty legit way to poison someone is to give them light amounts of it yeah. until eventually they, they suffer the ill effects. But either way, Gillis believes that Dougal is going to come in and like be her white knight and like rescue them. And Claire is just bringing her down a notch, pointing out just how stupid that plan is because Dougal's been basically kicked out. Well, no, he's going, remember, he's going to the Lonely Mountain with Thorin and Gandalf and... (laughs) He's super busy. Uh, He's uh, super busy. For for our listeners, it is important to note, Jordan is a big Lord of the Rings fan. Yes, apologies in advance for all the references. So yeah, you have to get that treasure back from Smaug. (laughs) (laughs) The Great and Terrible. Yes. (laughs) So, So he's off on a quest. As we get to the trial. And it's, as all witch trials, completely fair and, like, everything is transparent (laughs) and, like, of course the women are treated completely fairly. Of course, leads to cool Uncle Ned showing up right at the beginning of this to represent 
both Galus and Claire. And just for the record, as we go through this, I constantly like wrote down as every time Ned has a success is like Ned, boom, did it again. Yeah, Ned, good guy Ned. Ned Ned is doing it, and it's uh, super progressive of Scotland to ensure that witches get lawyers. Um, <laughs> well, no, what I what I did like is just like how much he knows the people that he's able to take the idea mm-hmm. of like, well, we're not savages like the English. Yep. Uh, like we actually allow for lawyers for our accused. for our witches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ned, the chief panderer, who's like here in Scotland, the best country. Yeah. In another life, Ned was like a brilliant politician. Yeah. So the very first accuser is a maid, the maid for Galus and her deceased husband. Captain uh, Fartsman. Are we going hmm. with Captain? Oh, man. He I, I promoted him after his oh, death she... posthumously. Oh, okay. Promoted to Captain Fartsman. That's real sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so the maid is accusing Claire. And the only thing I actually found that was interesting about this is that she's accusing her for almost an hour based on Claire's <laughs> VO. Right. This felt like something that they were like, we have to be really authentic to the book for a second. And this person speaks for an hour and everyone else speaks for 20 to 35 seconds. <laughs> yeah. No, in the, in the original book, yeah, this was like 120 pages of it with just this woman. Yeah. Who I think is probably like functioning as the like district attorney here. They were like, she set up her case really well. I started to think I was a witch by the end of it. Could you imagine, though, being her, and then all of a sudden when you're done, good guy Ned, or uh, cool, cool, cool Uncle, Uncle Ned. Cool Uncle Ned, either way. He's, a good, he's good guy, cool Uncle Ned. And he's just like, well, you're just a disgruntled employee, so, eh. And, like, disproves her entire hour long. <laughs> but he does it in such a grandfatherly way, where he's like, oh, this young lass, oh, yeah. don't mind her. Yeah, you can't even hate him for it, because he's at least still kind of nice about it. Oh, yeah. But it's definitely that thing of, like, you just aren't happy with your job. Mm-hmm. And also, you have a woman brain. So <laughs> we know that it can't be true what you're saying. <laughs> so Ned, of course, boom, knocks out the first witness. And then we get to the far more pertinent witness, which is the, the, the woman who, whose child, Claire, in the previous episode, had tried to rescue in the woods because, of course, it's a changeling baby. Because, of course, fairies are a thing. Right. I really like this because it's like this mother is like... This woman, she interfered while I was trying to swap babies with the fairies. She's definitely participating in magic. And it's like, so did you, you. Hear, did you hear what you said <laughs> like one second ago? Yep. Like, that sounds kind of magical. Little hypocrisy. But of course, cool Uncle Ned swoops in again and is like, boom. Very condescendingly. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. So she inter- interfered with the swapping of the changeling baby. So isn't it a comfort to know the changeling died and your kid will live forever with the fairies? Well, he also kind of guilt-tripped her in a way. Because mm. she's like, well, wasn't it your fear that kept you from, yeah, you I'm know? Gonna, right. I'm, I'm starting to go less cool Uncle Ned and more like misogynist. Oh, he's, he's like a lawyer, but, for but sure. But at the same time, he was doing it to defend women. So it's kind of... Fair enough. It's kind of a, he's walking a very thin line right now. But yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's like you really see he's just doing his job as a lawyer sort of as best he can. Yeah. And he, he disregards the fact that I'm sure he doesn't believe that it was a changeling <laughs> baby. Like yeah. he's a real logical guy, but he's like, you poor thing. Thank goodness your child lives forever with the fairies. Well, anyway. Yeah, and that's like preceded with like him just like straight up going to Claire when she's like, that's all dumb. That, and he's like, stop that. <laughs> yeah. Let me manage this. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
do you know where you are? Yeah. yeah, which kind of ties back into the thing we've said a lot, which is Claire being someone from the future who has all this knowledge is really, really bad at blending in. Yes. When that should be like her number one priority. I think we talked about it in like episode two. Right. Like I think anyone else would have just, I'm just going to stay in my little bubble here, do whatever they tell me and stay out of trouble. Because you know what can happen when that when you don't, yeah. you know. But but Claire can't do that. No, she's no. got. Because otherwise, we would have no story. And she's got to marry the hottest guy in the room, obviously. Right, who is unwed for mysterious reasons. Also, a few uh, years younger than her, so good for her. Good, good for, for her. her. Robin. Good for him. Well, okay, looking at her. Also, good for good him. For him. It's, yeah. yes. it's good for everyone involved except <laughs> Leary, which we'll talk about yes. soon. So yeah. we get to the next accuser who's basically the guy from Monty Python and the Holy Grail who accuses uh, the witch of turning him to a newt. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's this most ridiculous story. Like, ah, oh, she called down the lightning. Oh, and then she flew away like a bird. Yeah, she leapt into the sky and flew like a great winged bird. And I'm like, this guy just needs <laughs> like to write his novel and get this all out. His science uh, fiction uh, fantasy no. novel. You know what it is? I think that guy drank a whole thing of prestige scotch. He might have. That would lead to this. Maybe on like a rainy night when there was lightning and he just, you know, got really confused. Well, but, if, you, if you're drinking prestige scotch, every night's a rainy night. That but is man, fair. What a, what a flair for the dramatic that guy had. I was riveted by his story will, with her piercing red eyes. I'm like, oh, wow. No, I'll give them like the, the townsfolk have this. It's like they're all about performance art. Like, every, almost every one of these is, like, delivered, like, the most dramatic reading you could have of this. Yeah, it's I, a little bit like a fan fiction version of The Crucible put on by a high yeah. school where they're, like, they just heard the premise and they're, like, oh, a witch trap. I got it. I was going to say, I don't know if they, like, they probably don't have, like, an actual theater because, mm. you know, Scotland. So Burning Witches is time. it. Yeah. yeah, Burning Witches, this is their form of entertainment. Like, any, hey, you want to be an actor? Come bear, bear witness to... Yeah. Switch, the switch trial right now. There's someone. There's a bookie in the crowd just taking bets on how fast the witch will burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I also thought it was like almost a little over the top. The audience members. There was there was one point you can hear someone like someone accuses Claire and Galus of something, and someone literally just screams out, "Witch!" <laughs> it's like, okay, come on, simmer down. You know, they're simple folk. <laughs> you know. Of course, things start to get chaotic and they recess for the day. And Ned, of course, bring in the defense and the alcohol to keep her warm at night. So we then head back to the rat cave where Galus reveals to Claire that she's a Jacobite and that she loves Dougal. For all of his flaws and philandering and she actually really cares for him. But then we learned previously, apparently he really cares for her too. So good for them? Well- his thing, I, does he care for her or does he care for her body? Because it is it, yeah, doable. Yeah. I don't think, though, that he would risk that much in kind of going back to the previous episode when he talks to his brother about it. I don't think he would have gone that far if he really didn't love Galus. That's true, yeah. So we then come in the next day to the, back to the trial, trial day two, where they're expecting that we are not going to live through this. And, of course, the very first accuser... That comes up, bum, 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 is Leary. Okay, really quick, can we please talk about her name too? Because it just works for her. Because every time you see her on camera, she's leering at Claire. And mm-hmm. every time I see her on camera, I'm leering at her. Because I hate her so much yeah. after everything she's done to Claire at this point. Right. I also don't necessarily understand her like end game with all the leering. Yeah. Because it's like, 
Haha! I murdered your wife, Jamie. Now we can be together. Yeah, she's. I mean, like, she, like the thing is, like, we compare her to like a really terrible like high school or with a crush or something. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, like, this goes far beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, to, it's, a, it's an obsession. What's kind of more shocking is the fact that this obsession isn't obvious to literally everyone else in the <laughs> world, considering that she's not coy about it at all. That's true. But keeping in mind, it's like a pretty intense time in Scotland. People have other things going on that they're worried about. Probably not paying attention to this like teenage girl with her obsession over Jamie and Claire. There are there are little boys dying from eating yeah. the wrong flowers and yeah. things. Or she's, she's gonna go listen to the Scottish equivalent of the Cure, <laughs> which is just called the Tincture. <laughs> but she like even that. Okay, so in Larry's testimony, she talks about like I know that Claire's a witch because she gave me a love potion to make. Jamie fall in love with me. Well, there's a big plot hole in your story because Jamie didn't fall in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> so she must not be a very good witch if she's a witch. And, and for the listeners, just you know, as Nick was talking, his eyebrows basically bounced up and down <laughs> like a yo-yo on every word of that statement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the things, though, when Leary does her testimony, she goes on to say, but then Claire tricked her and took the love potion herself to get Jamie. But Larry's like argument is really, really bad of like, oh well, I had her try to get Jamie to fall in love with me, and he didn't, and therefore she's at fault here. Right. Well, and even this idea that like she took the love potion to make him fall in love with her. Like she hadn't thought of the idea of trying to yeah. entrap the most attractive person. <laughs> around before you came by and was like, oh, by the way, I love him. Yeah, That's the whole point. She's a witch. Because only attractive according, according to these people, she's a witch. So. Right. Well, it's kind of like a conspiracy theory where like either way, it sort of proves yeah. the point where yeah. it's like everyone knows this is true. And it's like, oh, there's no proof of it. That's how you know. Yeah. Yep. Ultimately, as Claire points out in her uh, voiceover here, like... They aren't actually interested in the evidence. They want mm-hmm. to see these people burn. Yeah. And there are no friendly faces mm-hmm. in the audience. These are the actual, like, poor people of this region. These are the townsfolk mm-hmm. as opposed to living in the castle like she's been. And so there's a bit of a class warfare well, kind of yeah. justice there, thing There is a, th- a thing you have to keep in mind, though, is, like, in terms of Galus, a lot of these people have to have come to her for basic medicine and stuff like that too Mm. which is where it's like this feels it it does kind of put a lot of the people of this town on trial as well here in terms of just the morals of this Galus has not been exactly a hindrance to their community they talk about like there's numerous people from the town that have come have taken over herbs and stuff and she clearly has some knowledge very much like Claire that there's medicinal herbs that exist period the town is very quick to turn on her even if she's not been a threat to them in any real way. They're good Christian folk. It totally makes sense. Yeah, you gotta burn witches. They point out that it's somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> witches get stitches. <laughs> Witch, witches get stitches. Yeah, the actual... Leviticus 2-1. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, we move to our next very theatrical accuser, which is Darth Vader. Oh, slash... you, got, you gotta say it, like, in the voice. <sighs> I am your father, Bane. 
super, super dramatic, though. Father Bane, that's his name, right? Yeah. Father Bane knows how to find his light and emerges from the window in the most dramatic way possible. Oh, yeah. This guy is a showman above all others. Yeah. Bane come, descends from the light into the middle of the room like, I have one look upon Claire and she's the devil. I clearly knew it. And then first twist, he's like, but she saw something I didn't. She's clearly understood a sickness when I didn't. And then immediately double twist, he renounces his cloth and renounces his godly ways because clearly he's not worthy of them. Which, of course, leads to a person in the audience who, I swear to God, has to be a plant. Like, no one would naturally just come to this conclusion saying, oh, she's so much of a witch, she drove this priest away from his cloth. It's like, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it's the th- it's that thing. It goes back to what I was saying earlier, where it's like someone just screams like, witch! And now yeah. he's like, this is surely a sign of witchcraft! <laughs> yeah. This defense from the priest. So I do love at this point when Ben Franklin just kind of like, he's like, oh, crap. We're done. We're done. There's no winning. They're going to burn. Right. Just the expression on his face. You're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, Ned knows what's up here. Ned is like the smartest guy in this entire show. Yeah, yeah. And so after this double crossing, triple twist, whatever, Ned, like, asks for a recess. And then he's like, basically like, well, one of you can live. And so it's Sophie's choice. So Claire and Galus... I haven't discussed this fact of, like, well, is Galus going to sacrifice herself for Claire's sake? And Galus throws out the first line that shows us, like, something else is up here, that she's going to a barbecue. We all know barbecues were not invented until the 20th century. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounded out of place. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I actually looked it up and they're like, the term barbecue comes from the 1100s. And I'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah correct words. I would assume because they put it in there, someone had to have researched that. Well, just yeah. just the look on Claire's face, too. I'm sure that did not exist at that time, and she knows right. it. She's just trying to figure it out and kind of piece it together, because she yeah. only has that little piece of information. Though, based on this show's track record, if Claire had confronted her, Gillis could have just gone, oh, it's French. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we get to our last set stage of the trial, and Claire refuses to turn on Galus because she has the strong moral standards. And she wants to make everything that much more complicated again. Right, yeah, she's got, Put herself like, herself in principles. danger again. Well, it's weird because, like, half the time she's like, oh, no, my husband has told me everything about this time period, so I know the ins and outs of it. And then half the time someone's like, oh, a lady probably shouldn't be in this room. And she's like, what do you mean a lady <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be in this room? What about feminism? And it's like, well, you remember the context, Claire. And I do, I have to say, I do admire that she's sticking with Galus in this and, you know, sisterhood and mm. just with her morals throughout this entire experience. Because, you know, coming from the future to this time period, you're not going to agree with most of the things that are happening. Yeah. Mm. So I, I do admire her for that. But at the same time, it's this, it, it's kind of troublesome because you're thinking you could just make it so much easier if you just, you know, try to survive. Right. Yeah. Try to make it a little bit easier and just get through, get back to the future. Yeah. So in your DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah. It I comes would down. kill to see a version where Claire gets a DeLorean. Yeah. We we can only hope that in future seasons that comes up. But yeah, it's it goes back to this principled versus pragmatic approach where even mm-hmm. Ned obviously 
does not believe it's a changeling baby, but he, mm-hmm. like, plays along with it yeah. because it's expedient for his purposes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's willing to play the game, mm-hmm. and Claire is clearly not because she mm-hmm. believes in a principle that's yeah. more important than just surviving this. Well, so what happens is Stuntler and Waldorf, the two judges in this, yeah. <laughs> uh, they do really just do look like Stuntler and Waldorf from the Muppets, basically declare them guilty. Right, and then Ned employs the little-known Scottish gun defense in which he pulls a gun on everyone and just says, you can't take them, and then is dragged away. Yeah. Uh, not very effective, but, you know. The first time I think Ned's been really ineffective right. in this entire oh, episode. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the thing... Well, no, Ned's trying to be as effective as he can. Like, oh, yeah. He's very good at being effective. It's just he's in the face of sheer stupidity. It's not ideal. Yeah, you can't argue man. logic against a rock. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we get our kind of one of more important pieces of information that, dun dun dun, Claire is not a lone time traveler. Galus is, in fact, from 1968. So Galus knows a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Claire doesn't know anything Galus about. Galus is like, yeah, friggin' we, we have bunch more wars whole to like American civil rights struggle by that point but, you're into the Vietnam Scottish. War sure but she would still know these events mm-hmm. in world history you know I mean those are that, that was pretty important especially for someone who clearly has come back to the past intentionally she alluded to the fact that oh my god Claire came back accidentally so nothing's gonna change when Galus wants to come back to actually affect the Jacobite overturning of the... Is that the case? Because I actually didn't... That's not how I read it, but I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. Back when Galus was talking about, like, this, it was an accident. Nothing nothing changes, blah, blah, blah. I, I read it as definitely, like, Galus went back on purpose oh, to try and affect this Jacobite revolution. Hmm. The point is... Claire's there by accident, doesn't mean to do anything except get some sweet, hunky, huge man. <laughs> <laughs> but Galus was there with a purpose. So conveniently during all this, speak of the devil, devil's mark, Jamie shows up as Claire is being, I, I guess, like flogged. Yeah, she's being whipped, term. which seems a little excessive for someone you're literally about, about to, to burn. Wait, before yeah. we even get to the Jamie part, can we please talk about Leary's line? That she gives to Claire as she's being flogged. Oh, that Jesus I Christ, will dance yeah. on your ashes. Leary is just like a Whoa. fucking psycho. Leary is cold. Girlfriend. Like, no. <laughs> You're going to that lengths to turn on another woman in this time period. But then again, it is this time period. Not a lot of education. I don't know. Well, don't know. not only that, but I mean... You know, we've dis- we've discussed this in previous episodes, but if you've seen the other men walking around Castle Leoc at this time... Your options are not broad. There, there's a reason you fight for Jamie. <laughs> I do get that. I think it's just for me, I'm just like, you're putting all your eggs in this one basket, and just her character in this, she's so focused on Claire and Jamie that it seems like, okay, girl... You've got to you got to have something else that you're interested in or some some other purpose to your life besides right. Larry doesn't have hobbies. I, I, yeah. You go in Larry's room, it's like a recreation of Jamie done with like dead flowers on the yeah. wall. It's possible at this point. It's it's, it's clear very that unfortunate. she needs to get out more, she needs to experience some other things. So, Jamie shows up right as Claire is being flogged and basically kicks everyone's ass. 
Yeah, it's sort of like the next level of Ned's, like, gun defense. He goes to the, like, I will murder the next person who steps forward defense, but people actually believe him. Yeah. Unlike with Ned, where they were like, just drag him down from there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, that guy's cool. He's cool, Uncle Ned. Yeah, don't believe that. He's, he's not a threat. Well, they let her go only because... Because of Galus. Galus steps, steps up and basically declares Claire innocent, says that she bewitched her, and that she is clearly in league with the devil because she's got this mark on her shoulder that is a smallpox vaccine. Right. But she declares that as the devil's mark. Yeah. And she did kind of, I mean, she took it to the next level. Oh, she, she went like full, again, she this went is all about theatrics. The walls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, I just gained so much more respect for her as a character from doing that too. Because you have to imagine, like, if you're her going through this knowing, okay, well, I'm going to die. Let's try to make it as least painful as possible. But then you're like, well, my friend could die, but I could save her. And then she does, but like rips off her dress in front of all these guys who are then coming at her. I'm just like, yeah, I w- that's terrifying alone. Yeah. And then on top of that, oh, then you're going to go get burned on the stake. That's, that's great. That's yeah. Great. No, yeah. her whole thing about I've clearly lain with the devil and I carry his child yeah. and all that. It's like, wow, way to sell it. But really rough because yeah. it reminds you again that you, she you is don't... like pregnant and carrying yeah. this mm-hmm. baby and she is obviously not actually a witch and yeah. these yeah. things. But definitely true friendship there. Or at least a level of loyalty. Yeah. Well, she, I think she respected Claire not turning on her, mm. you know, and leaving mm-hmm. it up. Like, if Galus wanted to do that, that was her choice, but Claire yeah. wasn't going to throw her under the bus. And both of them know what a bus is. They both know what <laughs> buses are. It's true. It's tr- very true. <laughs> Jamie and Claire escape from the, the very obvious burn her, burn her, burn her parade, and Jamie is talking to Claire and is wanting to get the truth from her. Like, it's questioning her about her smallpox vaccine, Mark. And it then immediately shifts to Claire drops the truth bomb and reveals that she's from the future. Which, of course, when you're in any sort of relationship, is one of those things where you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, it's really great, hon. Yeah, I'm going to call a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right, but it's kind of awesome after, like... Claire's gone through this whole period where, like, these superstitious nonsense people have been accusing me of being a witch, and they're almost going to kill me. And then my own husband asks me, are you a witch? I tell him, no, that's nonsense. I'm just a time traveler. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much on the same magical plane. To be fair, though, for everything Jamie has seen in his time, for him, time travel's probably, like, one of the easiest things to just go, all right, sure, Sure. yeah. Yeah, why not? (laughs) And I know, like... Obviously, he has a little bit more education than the townsfolk, but if you're living in a time where people think, like, really think that there's witches enough to burn them, I also think, okay, time travel. Maybe not that hard to believe, too. Yeah. You know? Sure, yeah. Like, if he was, like, genuinely asking, are you a witch? And she's like, no, but I'm a time traveler. He's like, that is an equally plausible explanation. And let's not forget that Jamie was there during the awesome ballad in the castle that was all about Craig the Dune and how mm-hmm. it like does some weird shit. Though it is kind of funny how like one episode ago he's like, Claire, this changeling baby thing, isn't it a comfort to these superstitious people? Anyway, are you a witch? <laughs> yeah. And then I love when she does tell him like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm a time traveler. And he's like, oh no, I believe you. Can you tell me more? Like, and he's just so like, Okay, cool. He, super earnest. And then and then it goes one step farther and he's like, 
So when I told you that time to stay in place and you ran away, you were trying to run back to your husband and I beat you for it? I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it's like, this is one of those parts where I'm like, this is a little bit of a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> because like, yeah. your typical Scotsman in this period of time upon hearing that you were trying to leave him for another man probably would not be so enlightened as to be like, you poor mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'm so sorry. But again, this is Jamie. This is Jamie, this yes. This is Jamie. Jamie's Who thinks He thinks real hard about what he did and decides that he was wrong. Yeah, Jamie, also, Jamie's real special case. And, and thinking hard about what he did, this entire, like, when he finally came to this episode and saved Claire from her fate, can we please talk about how many times he just stared into the distance, like, moodily stared into the distance? <laughs> like, Oh, he's a master of that. Oh, my God. Like, the entire time she's, like, explaining things or he's, he's just, like, sitting there. The just, montage, like, yeah. Yeah. And I love... um. Also, when he tries to come for her, well, I'm here now. And I'm like, no, you're like a million miles away. Look at you staring off in the distance, dude. Yeah. Right. Come I, on. No, he just, he just really loves to smolder. Well, thinking back to his home, you might be, not be too far off. Because as Claire's telling him this, he has this idea that he was always going to take her to his home. Mm-hmm. Now that he's hearing this, he's like, dream crushed. You know? Yeah. So maybe he's why he's staring off in the distance. He's thinking about that and like watching it fade slowly. So now he's listening to the Scottish equivalent of The Cure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of emo kids in this episode. (laughs) But then we have a brief interlude for Sexy Time where he is just like making her as happy as can be. Also, I will say when that first started happening, I was like, is she asleep? I thought totally. What are you doing? Totally. Yeah, I don't know if this was like, is this rapey or not? Yeah. I can't tell. But, it, then, but then I saw the, eye, the eyelids flutter and I was like, okay. So, side note, if, the, if this ever happens to you, look out for a good musical number. Oh, yeah. No, the cue will tell you how to respond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when it, when it did finally start happening, I will say I was, thank goodness, this is finally like Outlander. You're doing something for the ladies that Game of Thrones. Sorry, I love Game of Thrones, but you're just not... It's oh, not no. delivering. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah, delivering. it really does but that But this show poorly. definitely delivered, at least for Claire. No, Jamie is maybe the most giving lover in the 18th century. <laughs> Very. <laughs> like, by a mile, yeah. it turns out. By, by Yeah, by a couple of hundreds of years. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, hey, have you heard of this thing? It's called oral sex. And Jamie's just like, that sounds great. <laughs> How much of that can I do? And it's like, Okay. So off so of that we, tangent. It's off of that tangent. <laughs> Jamie try, uh, brings her, as he says, like, I'm bringing you home. And boom, he brings Claire to Craig Nadoon, to the stones. Claire now has to, a decision to go back and give up on sweet, sweet Jamie Beefcake or stay and give up on Captain Mansplain. Right. And let's be clear that Captain Mansplain is also really ready to be a giving lover. That's true. As we've seen in the first couple episodes. So it's not that. Claire does attract a certain type of man. But Jamie is much, much more handsome. Yes. No one's arguing about that. Many more muscles and things like that. Well, literally almost died for her multiple times. Yes. Yeah. Bonus points. Say the least. When he finally decides, okay, I'm, I'm letting you go, he just turns around like she's changing or something and just like... Talks to her, like, facing the other way completely. And I, was I can't like, even look at you. I literally had a moment, like, are you expecting her to just, like, get naked and, like... But even then, like, you 
definitely. Oh no, no, no. no. I, I, think, I think like, I definitely what? think it was less the less that and more the I just can't even look at you because I don't want to let know that you're gone. I do agree. I'm but, I'm talking about the acting. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, sure. yeah, <laughs> no yeah. But the acting was very much in that vein, or like as he turns around, you just hear the soundtrack swell, and it's mm-hmm. all by myself. Yes. Yeah. Well, not only that. Well, though. if they played that, there would be no confusion over this. Oh yeah, perfect. Oh, <laughs> recon that oh. in. <laughs> Yeah, but then you have Jamie be like, basically like, goodbye, Claire. I'll be over in the camp just to make sure you're safe forever because you remember how I'm like the best guy ever. Don't worry about it. Anyway, I'll be over in the camp over there. And then he like turns around and then Claire's all like, Jamie, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, maybe don't like shout that out. Poor guy. Like, I mean, if she didn't end up coming back, spoiler alert. I do want to say I think Claire made a great decision. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's all be honest. Frank Randall is a great loving husband and no one in their right mind would pick him. This is true. So surprising absolutely no one, Claire chooses Jamie and says that she wants him to take her home essentially to Lollybrook. Mm. And that's where we leave this episode. Triumphantly. So our scotch this week. <laughs> we are drinking Jester Rini and Brooks, uh, St. James Street, London, and this kind of feels a bit like a screw you to all Scotsmen because like two thirds of this is taken up by London and like English Kings like that. They were like, this is the Scotch that we said was okay. Yeah. And it's from like a shockingly long period of time ago. It says it was established in 1749. So this is like, and it lists every King or Monarch or Queen that, that has, sat on the English throne since then. Right. And so this is like a scotch that was approved by the English during the time period we're kind of talking about. This is a censored scotch. But it's very nice. It's very nice. And very strong. Quite strong. It has almost like, it's it's sweeter and it's smoother and it's like, it got almost like a a ginger front end to it Mm. that kind of belayed a lot of some of the harshness. So it's like as a sipping wine, or sipping, wow, as a sipping scotch, on the front of the tongue, it's actually pretty smooth. Mm. It's only if like you're doing like a full like swig of it, I think it would be harsher and burn. Yeah, it's definitely not the like smoothest thing no. we've ever tried on this show, but it's very drinkable and pleasant, kind of caramely. Yeah, as a non-scotch drinker normally, I will say it's a great one to give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. Not the harshest thing I've ever had. Definitely would maybe try it again if... It was the only option. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could if give, that's what was on offer, I'd probably drink it. You could give it the same description I, Meredith gave to last week's scotch, which is, this is not horrible. It wasn't horrible. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. Yeah. So, and for me, saying that about scotch, that's, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing for me. Yeah. So that is our episode for this week. Thank you again to Jordan for joining us. And thank you and guys again for having me. And giving us your insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime. Thank you for listening. As always, tell a friend, tell an enemy, uh, get the word out, let the world know that uh, we exist because that's the only way we're going to get out there. Yeah, please rate and review us on iTunes. Now that Jamie knows the truth about Claire, next week we're off to Lollipop.